On Aviation Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the On Aviation Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Zioka, and with me is Orlando Spencer. How is it going, Orlando? How's your day going? Pretty good, man. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Very excited to get on in there and have another conversation. It's a hot topic. <laughs> hot topic, but doing very yeah. well, my friend. Doing very well. Thank you. Awesome. Great to hear that. Last week, we covered a couple of things. Um and we did mention that uh, this week we're going to be getting into uh, mental health, uh, pilots' mental health, and this is something that's been uh, that's lately been a concern because of um, some recent um, events that has been going on. And uh, we do all know, you know, pilots, especially in um, in in airlines, they tend to work a lot of hours. They tend to get tired, and um, a lot of uh, I'm not sure if a, a lot of people are aware that the issue right now uh, between the pilots and the FAA is that for pilots to uh, be fit uh, to fly for uh, professionally, they have to complete a medical um, exam of which uh, mental health is part of it. And um, mentioning a problem and a set of questions that are provided could take the pilot out of the cockpit and that's going to put them in, under an investigation that could last up to two years. And that's a problem if that's the pilot's only source of income. Um, and so, yeah, we thought that, that this is uh, a really controversial issue and they thought that this could be, um, this is something um, that needs to change. Um, Orlando, given the uh, conditions that pilots work in today, regardless of the um, sector in aviation, it could be um, private sector or um, airlines. Do you think that this um, policy is fair? You know, one of the things is, and that's a good question, you know, in terms of fairness of the policy, what we want to do, the FAA wants to maintain safety, right? And that's, a, that's an important part of it, maintaining safety across the board. And so they have laid out a couple of things that they want to see pilots need to be fit to fly and you know you know there are three medical certificates there is the third class it's the second class and the first class the first class is what commercial pilots need and those who fly 135 operations i believe and so which is charter 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 planes and so on private charter so um is it fair um i think the system is set up as most regulatory system is set up to be blanketed. Remember, you're dealing with bureaucracy here, and bureaucracy is mainly about checking boxes, right? So no one is really getting into the weeds and looking at the nuances of anything. So if a pilot says that I feel depressed or I feel extremely depressed lately, and have that conversation with their uh, medical aviation medical exam, airman medical examiner, believes the airman medical examiner, you, you might run into the problem of getting into the weeds of that, and then that may mean that, oh, you you know, you may not be fit to fly. And so a lot of pilots worry about that. But in in fairness of it, it's it's not a fair system because it, I would say it's a just system because it treats everyone equally. Because if you say something, then they're like, okay, let's look at your medical, right? But it, it, I don't think it should be a cut and dry system. Right. And because it's not a, it's because it's a cut and dry system, then it's not fair, so to speak, because it doesn't look at the individual situation. Right. Because everyone feels some type of way, some some sometimes. Right. So I think that um, in terms of fairness, I really don't know how to really maybe what I'm trying to say. I don't know how to answer that question, because obviously you need standards and standards need to be there. 
at the same time, you need to be able to address issues that comes up without letting people feel as if they have to run away and go hide their condition, which can then spill over into events that we've seen, right? Where people literally crash airplanes or try to shut down engines and, you know, because people are really depressed, right? And so remember, when you're flying along, um, you have a bunch of people in the back, right? You know, anywhere from 90 to 300, 400 people, depending on what you're flying, right? So that's super, super important to think about. So is it fair? No, I don't think so. But it needs to be, a regulation needs to be there. And and, and structure needs to be, not, may not, maybe not government regulation, because you know me, I, you know, you know, I, I lean more towards the free market side of things. But some kind of structure needs to be there, but it needs to be flexible enough to accommodate folks and not just let them feel as if they say something, then all of a sudden everything is gone. And that's what I think about it. You're absolutely right on that. Um, so one thing that I see here is that, well, it's causing fear and forcing pilots to gatekeep the issue, which is risky. Because I don't see any harm in directly addressing mental health issues. Uh, they may lose the job depending on how severe it is. Um, but if it's something that can be handled that is not severe and it's likely from, uh, uh, let's say, for example, it's from distress from uh, work, um, that's something that should be dealt with in a more healthier manner. But uh, if they can't even mention that, then if they can't mention any small thing, in, uh, uh, that they're facing um, that's impacting their mental health. I see that as an issue for both the pilot working, but also not only for the pilot that's going to be working, but also folks who want to be pilots and they conceal a lot more um, that need to be um, addressed, a lot more issues that need to be addressed before they get into the field. Um, and uh, one thing that I, you know, an example that I want to give um, recently, um, and I saw this from the Washington Post, I'm going to source it, um, federal authorities had, uh, were investigating about uh, about an issue where um, some pilots were falsifying their medical records to conceal um, some benefits that they received for mental health disorders. So it, it, I think likely what, what happened is that they had um, sessions with therapists and all of that information was visible, and now the it, it, I think it's about five thousand pilots were suspected of uh, falsifying this, and now the pilots are under scrutiny, um, and a lot of them are mentioned to have been military veterans, and they all mentioned that they were healthy to fly at the beginning, and um, you know that's a problem. Someone was interested to fly because of they because of mentioning that, and they did mention something false on paper because they were afraid to not get the job or to lose the job in the middle part of it and you know it, it could be something that uh could be less it, i think this issue would be a lot less complicated if it were just not causing fear among pilots um so what are your thoughts about that you know that's a really 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 good uh point you made there my friend you see uh, the first thing i would like to say about this whole business about mental health it is the inclusivity, it is the gradual inclusivity or inclusiveness of the word, of the phrase mental health. Everything these days is mental health. And back in the day, if you're schizophrenic, that's definitely mental health problems, right? If you're manically depressed, that's mental health. 
But it is so strong these days, or the definitions have so morphed these days, that just feeling depressed, which happens all the time to regular people who have no real mental problem, then you have mental health issues, right? So that's one of the things that I see, is the degradation of the meaning of mental health. Everything is, for example, every, a lot of things these days is post-traumatic stress, okay? You had an argument outside with some stranger who you know, almost hit your car, you, you, you made some argument and road rage and then you go home. All of a sudden that can be considered post-traumatic stress. When post-traumatic stress used to be that you're literally in a war zone somewhere and you come back home to your home and, you know, after war and you have some issues from my base and some of the horrible things that you've seen. So there's a couple of things happening here by the widening or the inclusiveness of the phrase mental health, it makes it so that because the FAA or the regulators or any regulator across the world, they're really looking at mental health, the idea of mental health. And if the simplest thing can be categorized as mental health, we put out a meme the other day, you see some guy running in some car with some flashing lights behind him. And it's saying when the FAA find out that five years ago, I was sad. It, it may seem funny and it is funny, uh, on the surface, but deep down, it's serious because that can be considered as mental health, which is, which shouldn't be. So therein lies a big part of the problem. The problem is the inclusivity of the term mental health. Not everything is actual mental health. Some things are just, you were just sad or you just felt a little depressed, right? That's, those things are normal. Or you're a little stressed. Those things are normal. And so we can expect those things, right? Another thing that you brought up that people are hiding these things. One, because they want to keep flying. And two, they know within themselves that not because they felt depressed yesterday or because they're uh, probably, say, say, a guy or a gal is going through a divorce or something or a breakup. They know that it hurts and it's kind of depressing, but they know that they can set that aside and do their job professionally. You would want to hide that because if that is going to lead you to not be able to fly and earn, then people may want to hide that because that's not generally a big of a deal for someone, a regular person who is uh, mentally healthy to deal with. Right? Those are just life challenges that people just deal with. And so that's important. And then you mentioned uh, veterans, ex-military folks, veterans, people in the military. These folks come back from the military sometimes with challenges. And sometimes what, they, what they'll do, they can deal with those challenges and those things are looked at. But sometimes they may just hide that, okay, I was shot and you know, I, sometimes my dreams in my dreams and so on. Or sometimes I don't sleep so well. Those things can be addressed without pulling a, a medical. Those things can literally be addressed without pulling a medical. And so simply be addressed without pulling a medical. And so we have to think about those things, right? So I think based on what you said there, I think there's two main things that I would like to share with our listeners. Is the first that the term as, yes, inclusivity for some people is important, but the term has become so inclusive that like, uh, Danny, you know that within our, within, within our, in our family, we talk about the idea of strategy and we, we always define strategy when we use it and the term strategy so we don't we don't water down the meaning and we always make sure we're talking specific. When we say strategy, we mean strategy. It's like that term strategy. Everything is a strategy these days, right? We have a growth strategy. We have a weight loss strategy. We have a, we have a, you know, a writing strategy. We have all these strategies, but strategy only means one specific thing, right? And so it's the same thing with, with this term mental health. It really means specific things that relates to specific condition in the specific people or in, in, in folks. And since we've made that word so broad that it means so many different things, what tends to happen to us now 
is that now anything can be classified under mental health and because the phrase itself, not the nuances of the items that can be piled into those phrase in that phrase, but the phrase itself is um, is reason for disqualification for first class medical. And that right there is the challenge, my friend. That is a challenge itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. Um I'm um uh, so uh, I'm like thinking through like how the FAA is going to be addressing this. They did mention that uh, this is something that they um, have to look into. Um, but what do you think? Um, what do you think the general public will uh, think about this? How? Because how, how? How? How will they weigh this? So uh, you have a bunch of folks that might not fully understand the issue. Um, uh, of course, just anyone who wants to, you know, fly from place A to place B um, on an uh, on a commercial airline just wants to get there safe and part of that is includes having a healthy pilot do you think it will be a concern for either airlines aviation businesses or the public if these policies policies are revised to favor mental health you know it, it, not everything is a you know mental health issue as you mentioned but to favor uh, how all of this is uh, how all of these policies are applied you know that's, that's super important, and and that's one thing that one thing that we don't talk about enough is the public, how the public perceive the stuff. You know, no one wants to get on a plane, and uh, they get on a plane, and I'm worried that the pilot is having a mental breakdown, and they may not make their destination. Right. So that's a super super important thing to think about and have a conversation around. But at the same time, what we don't want to do is just uh, hide the thing under a rug. Because that's what's been happening. The public really don't want to hear about this. And we wrote this in a, a couple of articles. We talked about this, right? We did talk about this on our, in our On Aviation podcast. They're on LinkedIn and, and Medium and so on. Um, we talk about this. And the idea is that the public get can get really spooked about mental health issue. And if you're worried that the public may may worry and, and, and be spooked and not fly and, and all that stuff, and you shove the issue under the rug, then you actually get real mental health issue that can cause, like we saw, I believe it was 2005, I believe it was a, it was a Eastern European airline with the guy that's literally crashed the plane into the ground with the people on purpose. Then we had an incident here in the United States um, months ago where a pilot was was suffering from some, some, some challenges mentally, just reach over and try to shut down the engine uh, when it was in route to uh, a, um, in route to for altitude to altitude, right? When it was in route um, climb out um, in 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 route in an en route climb, I say that in route climb, as pilots would say. And so um, that's super important to think about. Why should we wait for that to have this conversation, right? So the first thing I'll go back to is say we need to stop broadening this term. And what is really mental health? Let's focus on those things. And then the next thing is that the FAA, I believe, regulators need to start focusing on revamping their process and letting people know that, okay, this is not mental health. That is not mental health. We can't have this broad brush approach. This is not mental health. That's not mental health. Because if you do that, you're going to end up uh, having people just sweeping things under the, under the rug, right? The next thing is that while airlines are doing this, no doubt, no doubt they're doing this, airlines need to be empowered more by the FAA to talk more to their pilots about these things. Because pilots are not going to go to the airlines and talk about these things because the, pilot, the airlines have reporting re- reporting requirements and going to have to tell FAA about this stuff anyway. So pilots don't come forward with that. So there needs to be an effort between FAA and the airlines to have that conversation. Say, hey, if you have people with this level, that level, so on and so forth, then you can have that conversation with them, and that won't 
you know, invoke any retribution, not retribution, but any uh, penalties on our part uh, towards you, that you can have this conversation with your pilot. The third part of this is, so first is going to be the FAA changing a regulator, re regulator policy. Then we're going to have company policies that are changed, that are going to be changed because of the FAA regulations to better help those folks who are really having problems, not just the ones that feel a headache yesterday or was depressed two weeks ago because something is his grandma passed away or her grandma passed away you know you know what i mean so that's the, the second part of it those policies are going to be super super important for 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 real people who have real problems those policies within the organization are going to be helpful the third part of this is the public campaign and i think that's super important the public campaign to educate and share with the public what's really happening what is mental health issue for the pilots and what is not i really believe that only a small fraction of pilots having these challenges, and uh, which is really real challenge, not just because you felt sad or, or something, but real challenge. It's a small fraction. In every flight, 99.9% .9 of flight take off and land without incident. All right? So 99% of flight take off and land without incident, especially here in the US, take off and land without incident. And so, you know, airlines we're talking about here, not general aviation. Numbers are a little bit different there. So. If that's the case, let's have that campaign. Let's have that conversation. Let's share that with the folks. Let them have that. Let them talk about that. And then we, we run that campaign, right? One thing I want to touch on here because I got this comment. Uh, we got this comment on one of our articles, our last article, and someone was really perturbed. And they were like, yeah, right, pretty much, paraphrasing here. It's only about pilots. Like other people don't go through mental health, health issue in the aviation industry, that is. And that comment was spot on. I haven't responded to that comment yet. We haven't responded yet. But in response to that comment, today we wrote another article that's going to go out uh, later this week. It's going to be in response to that question because that person is actually right. A lot of attention is being placed on pilot mental health, but what about air traffic controllers? What about flight crews such as uh, you know, flight attendants? What about ground personnel? What about the mechanic who's actually working on the engine? All right? What if he you know, didn't install one of the fan blades properly? What happens? Right? Uh, you know, so... All that stuff is important. All those folks are important. My response to that, however, is this. Pilots have, big, if there's real mental health going on, real problem that can cause real, real risk, that can cause real problems, the pilot, something happening with the pilot aloft, which is in the air, aloft, at 30, 35,000 feet, is much more dangerous with 300 people in the back, is much more detrimental than something happening with a flight, uh, not a flight attendant, but a flight attendant. If a flight attendant is in the back, uh, there's a lot of support there, but two pilots in the cockpit up front, doors locked, they're up there by themselves. All right. The same thing can be said for air traffic controller. They have a very busy, they have very, very stressful jobs. In fact, I don't believe they work for more than 20 minutes at a time. That's, I believe that was what, what I know. Someone can correct us here, but I believe they work no more than 20 minutes at a time. They have a supervisor standing behind them. The person who's relieving them is standing behind them. They have supervisor, not the person, but there's a supervisor. There are people all around to support. And they're on the ground. They're sitting in a tower attached to the ground in air conditioning, chilling, right? And they're having a conversation. They're not chilling, but they're having that conversation with pilots and they're talking and they're doing job. It's stressful, but they have all that support. What I'm, my point is this. While it is important that we look at everything else, we should focus here now on where the largest impact would be in the event of mental health issue risk causing a problem. It would be at the pilot level. That's where the weakest part of the chain is. And that's where we should focus. Because it's not just about the people in the aircraft if there's something goes wrong. I'm not saying that's going to happen. We're just saying, you know, we're having a conversation here. It's not just about the people in the aircraft. It's about the people on the ground. All right? 
That's super important. And so, you know, that's where the outsized risk come from. And so we should address that. So my proposition, our proposition here is that we focus on where the biggest impact would be. If there's a problem and the lessons learned there can be passed on to the rest of it. So that's what I'm thinking on that. Man. I know that was kind of long winded, but I believe that's that's super important for us to discuss as well, my friend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's super important. And I, I really hope um, everyone got to um, pretty much think about it. I, I, I hope people are not. Um, you know, too hostile with this topic, uh, please feel free to leave your comments um, on the posts or the podcast. We're open to hear your thoughts. Um, Orlando, do you have any closing thoughts before uh, we end the podcast? Definitely. I just want to say that not everything is mental health. If you feel sad, chances are it's probably not a mental health issue, right? It's That's normal. If you feel a little depressed from time to time, it's not a mental health issue. And we need to get to the point where we're not categorizing everything that happens with the pilot, flight crew, aircraft controller, whoever is in all the professionals in the in the aviation space. It's not, not everything is mental health, all right? Uh, and we should always be open-minded as to how we can address some of these challenges that we see in the space, right? And to start sensitizing the public and showing the public that not everything is mental health and showing the public that regulators, if they're doing so, when they start doing so, regulators and the airlines themselves are looking at best way to do this. And then open, open the conversation. As you said earlier, open the thing up for dialogue and conversation. So let's not sweep this thing under the rug, right? It's not a big deal right now. Some incidents has happened. It's not a big deal right now. But let's talk about it before it becomes too big to handle. That's what I got for my final thought on that, my friend. Awesome. Thank you, Orlando. And so, guys, please feel free to uh, watch, uh, to listen to the podcast on um, all the platforms we, we're going to be posting there. Look out for another podcast soon and uh, feel free to leave any comments. And uh, yeah, uh, let us know what, what your thoughts are. Have a great rest of your week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.